This is the Horse Radio Network. Well, hi, everybody. It's good to be back on the Stable Scoop show. We're going to see live people popping in already. So it's good to have you here. If you can, uh, post in the comments your name and where you're from. The panelists tonight will be able to see your comments. And if you have any questions or if you want to comment on the topics, we have some uh, we have some fun hot topics tonight. That should be interesting. And uh, we're going to... Hi, Larissa. Where are you from, Larissa? Tell us where you're from. That would be great. And they'll be able to see where you're from as well. We're just going to give one more minute here for more live people to pop in. And then we're going to get the show started. Larissa's from West Virginia. Hey, Larissa. Good to have you here tonight. West Virginia in the house. Katie from Wisconsin. We're going all over the place tonight. I think we're all over... Well, we're mostly in Florida tonight with our panelists, actually. Uh, let's see. We've got, hi, Glenn. I don't, hi. <laughs> I don't know who posted that, but, uh, we're going to, we, we're going to be talking about, uh, some hot topics tonight and I'm just getting things set up and ready to go. And I'll be counting us in. There we go. Now we got the live people coming in. So again, live people, Laura's from Oregon. Please post your first name and where you're from. Feel free to comment tonight on the topics that we're talking about. Write them in there. We're going to pay attention to your comments all night. If you have a question about what we're, uh, the topics we're discussing, let us know that, too. If you miss any part of this, we'll be putting out on the Stable Scoop show uh, tomorrow, so on the audio version on the Stable Scoop podcast feed. All right, let's get this show underway. I'm going to count us in for the audio in three, two. One. This is episode 529 of the Stable Scoop Show on the Horse Radio Network. It's the Equestrian Roundtable Show in coordination with the American Horse Publications. Our sponsor this episode is Kemen Equine. I am Glenn DeGeek, founder of the Horse Radio Network and host of Horses in the Morning, the longest-running daily horse podcast in the world. And I'm in my brand-new studio. For those of you watching video, you'll see that uh, it looks a little different than the last time you saw it. We want to welcome you back to the Equestrian Roundtable. We're excited about our partnership with the American Horse Publications. Matter of fact, we'll be going to the annual conference in Lexington, Kentucky next month, four or five weeks away. AHP is the Association of Equine Journalists, and Horse Radio Network has been a proud member of it for years. Each roundtable from now on will have members of the AHP, and we're excited to be broadcast on the AHP Facebook page as well. So hello to all the fellow journalists watching tonight. It's good to have you here. I will be your host and moderator, and I I have opinions, as you all know, but uh, my job mostly tonight is a traffic director, and hopefully the panelists will do most of the talking tonight. I do enough talking in the morning. If you're watching live, welcome. This is the first show that we're combining live video and audio, uh, and also we'll be putting it out on the podcast feed over on the Stable Scoop feed and also the auditor feed tomorrow. So if you miss any part of this, you can go back and listen to the audio. Let's meet our panelists for tonight. First, joining us again, returning to uh, the roundtable, is Dr. Wendy Ying. Hi, Dr. Ying. Hi. Hi, everybody. Of course, uh, she is a veterinarian. She's a traditional Chinese medicine doctor. She was my co-host on the driving radio show for like 25 years. (laughs) (laughs) We did that for a long time. Hi, Wendy. (laughs) Hello. Wendy's out of Sarasota. We're going to learn more about her a little bit later on. But I was down your way. I was in Tampa today, so I was pretty close. Yeah. Uh, and people are happy to see you here. We're getting highs, uh, highs right here. <laughs> a member oh, of the, yeah. Hi, everybody. A member of the American <laughs> Horse Publications and also a returnee to the roundtable, we have Emily Esterson. Hi, Emily. Hi there. How's everybody tonight? Good. Now, you're in New Mexico, right? I am indeed. What part? Er- I'm in Albuquerque. Oh, so, cool. Yeah, so central, central Rio Grande Valley, as we like to say. What a pretty place. It is. It is. It's yeah. hot and dry already. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting ready for summer already? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, we're going to learn more about Emily as the night goes on as well, but she is returning. This is your second time, right, here, Emily? Yeah, second time. Right. And we'll I see like you in a month. Time. You're going to be there yeah. in Lexington? I am going to be there. I'm on the board. So oh, yeah, that's right. You have to be there. They require yep. you to show up. I have to be there. But I'm looking forward to your session. Yes, I'm, uh, Dr. Wendy, I'm doing a session on improv and how it helps you uh, as a better interviewer. Oh, yeah, that's so, great. So that'll be fun. 
Uh, that's my that. acting company right there that I owned for 10 years, right there in that picture. That was all of us, about 20 of us. We did the medieval feasts. So there we go. Uh, mm-hmm. And we have one final panelist tonight. Uh, she's also here with me in Ocala. Matter of fact, I get to see her a lot doing jumping over at World Equestrian Center, and that's Kayla Benny. Hi, Kayla. Hi. <laughs> Kayla's also a host on Horses in the Morning. She does the sales and breeding episode, which is going to tie in perfectly to her first bitch. I mean, question or topic. That's what, that's what, it's going to tie in perfectly there. I may have some opinions. <laughs> now, Kayla, you ride up to what level? Uh, you Well, you were an inventor, but now you seem to be a jumper. I'm in limbo. Uh, no, actually, I, I just do uh, jumping now. I'm a show jumper. Um, and I'm, I guess I'm a baby show jumper, but, um, I have a young horse that I've brought up the levels and we're doing the one forties now. So, um, they're, I'm very Let me short. tell you, she <laughs> says, baby, you go look at the 140s in the ring and you go, oh, my God. I know, it, when I walk up to them, they are above my eyesight, but I'm also very tiny. So. <laughs> now, her horse, on the other hand, how tall are you, Kayla? I'm 5'3". Five, five, two and a half. Uh, yeah. But her horse is like 18, two and a half. I mean, he's enormous. <laughs> he's giant. Yeah. He is giant. He is technically 17, three and a half, but he looks like 18, two and a half. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's enormous. She looks like a little flea up there. It's so funny. Uh, he is looking over the jumps. Uh, your yes. horse. Yeah, no problem yes. there. He's not trying yet, so it's it's quite nice to <laughs> be on a, a horse of that size. And you're like, this is really large. And he's like, it's a cross rail. Hold on, little woman. <laughs> I want to give one uh, shout out. We do those on Horses in the Morning. And that's to Jennifer's uh, stepmom, who did... <laughs> nope, other way, other way. Yeah, this, nope. this no. large afghan no. above my head. That's actually an afghan. She knitted that. It's about it's six beautiful. foot tall. She knitted it. Took her six months to do it. She designed it all herself, laid it out uh, from our logo, and it was absolutely beautiful. It's covering up a window so I don't get any backlight, uh, but it's <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful. And it, why not put it there, right? So I can look at it every day. It's really cool. She did a great job with it. So let's get to the questions. Each panelist is the one that brings up the topics. I don't bring up the topics. They do. And then we just have a discussion around each topic. We go for about 10, 12 minutes on each topic and then move on. Kayla, what is your first topic or your topic for the night? So my topic is actually how rude people have become um, <laughs> well, when trying to get information about horses or even giving information about horses, uh, The buy- both sides, buying and selling. So what have you experienced? Give us some examples. (laughs) Uh, Well, I gave you an example earlier uh, when I was trying to convey what I wanted to talk about of like, you know, receiving text messages or or Facebook messages at like 2 a.m. I find that extremely rude. Now, on the contrary, though, I have also done that and not realized that I did it. So (laughs) playing devil's advocate on both sides, like you wake up and you're like browsing, you're like, ooh, I want to respond to that. And then you respond and you're like, oh, no. Oh, but, you know, you have to realize that people selling these horses have lives outside of that. And preferably at 2 a.m., I'd rather be sleeping than getting like, you know, you can Um, turn that off, right? I have. I have. (laughs) But it also bites you in the butt when you're expecting a horse to be shipped in and they're arriving at 2 a.m. And you have your setting set and then you're not getting the phone call that the horse has arrived. Where are you? (laughs) (laughs) Horses always arrive at 2 a.m. Isn't that Murphy's Law? I mean, I cannot tell you how many times I've stayed up like half the night waiting for the shipper who shows up at 2.01 a.m. Like inevitably, (laughs) like what are they doing? Yeah. Driving through the night is what you're yeah. doing. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm Dr. Wendy, I imagine you have something to say about this topic, being a veterinarian. About about people being rude about horses? Buying and I selling, think, yeah. Yeah, I think that people, uh, they just feel entitled, you know? They just feel like um, that if they're buying it from you, you should be, like, at their beck and call. And I don't think that horse sales really go like that. It, you know, it's, it's yeah. kind of like some, especially I think the people that are the worst about it are people that aren't really horsey. Like maybe it's their first horse or they've always shopped with a trainer, you know, and now they're out on their own and they just don't understand like 
that we're just, you, you know, you're buying it from somebody else. So you're, you're not a business, you're not a car salesman. Right. Well, and you wouldn't go to a car sale lot and, and expect them to answer your text messages at 2 a.m. You know, like, right, oh, right. hey, I was looking at this Nissan and um, I really had all these questions and I need you to answer them. And I'm going to get right. highly offended when you haven't answered them by 8 a.m. the next morning. And I, I just find it like, you know, I try to be really prompt because I sell a lot of horses and yeah. I try to be very prompt with my responses but at the same time i'm also running a business i also have my own horses to compete i have clients mm-hmm. horses to to train um you know i ride for other people on top of running my own business um yeah. and i'm also half the time if you actually look at me out on the ring i have my phone in my hand posting answering people's text messages like obviously on a good horse and not a client's horse usually my own and trying or using voice to text going you know dressage and you're like no i did not say dress like whatever that word is that you put on under that like i'm auto correcting and no i didn't say mayor as in <laughs> the person that runs the city i said mayor as in a female horse like siri why don't you know this um, but um everybody expects a prompt response and i just what? We have a listener right now who says, as a car saleswoman, people are equally as rude and do and do oh, act no. like this for cars, too. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so so maybe, I, I yeah. wonder if it's just about the fact that we now have access to all this technology and we can send the text message at 2 o'clock in the morning, whereas in the past, you know, you actually had to pick up the corded telephone yep. that was attached to your wall and like make a phone call. And if you got a busy signal or left a voicemail, you just have to wait for the person to call back. So I think that the access to technology just like has made that really, you know, I I mean, I I teach at at the University of Guelph and I, I have students who, who are like, Dr. Esterson, why haven't you called me back? Like, I'm like, I just read your text message like 10 seconds ago. (laughs) So, so I, I think I think there's a difference though between Facebook messages and text messages. I'm, I'm gonna I will Facebook anybody a private message at any time because I figure if they have that beep on in the middle of the night, that's their problem. I yeah, I view that as it. as fair game, but I text messages like I won't do. It's more like email. Yeah, exactly. I think Facebook messages like you can send email anytime. Right. Yeah. But also, you know what? Let's be real. If somebody's texting you at two in the morning because they're horse shopping, they're tire kickers. You don't yeah. even want to talk to them. They're not rational. They're just like, <laughs> oh, look at this, my pretty pony, blah, blah, blah. They don't, you know, they're not serious. Well, and I think too, like with the not serious, like I'll, I'll go with like, I had a, a client that was horse shopping and she got highly offended when the vet wouldn't talk to her. She would only talk to me. Because she was like, I cannot answer like her 25 questions, you know, so I will talk to you, you talk to her and then I will relay, you know, like, so I was the middleman. And I do think that there needs to be a middleman for a lot of people only because Mm -hmm. they're, they're going to be your advocate. They can talk the lingo and they're not wasting the vet's time because the vet has to get to their next appointment. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. they have, it's just like, you know, me with my lessons, if I have five lessons planned out, I can't sit there for 30 minutes after your lesson and have a dissertation about how great it was, how super it was, you know, like (laughs) you, you, you have to like, I'm sorry, like maybe we'll text back and forth later, but I have other things that I need to do throughout the day. And I don't know. Maybe maybe I am just bitching. I, I excuse me. Am I allowed to I say that? Know. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> I think allowed. So. Uh, somebody, one of the Facebook or one of our live viewers, I don't know the name, said shopping on Facebook with wine. I have bought a few horses, so <laughs> that's another bad thing. <laughs> me too, actually, and I've bought them. Um, I've bought I bought a couple from overseas off of YouTube videos. So there's that too. But, um, and I will say that there are some buyers that have also gotten or not buyers, but sellers that have gotten really rude because, and and I've been on the, I, I will say I've been very short with a couple people and it's not that I'm trying to be rude, but it comes off rude because you're very blunt. 
if I've tried to put everything like listed everything in an ad, you know, I put my YouTube links, I put where the horse is located. I put the height, the age, like all the information. And you ask me one of those questions. I will say, please refer to the ad. And it's not that I'm trying to be rude, but I am kind of being rude. Like if you don't have the time to read my ad, I don't want to deal with you. Like, and maybe that's not the way to go about things. I don't know. But at the same time, like I, again, live a life. And yeah, you I only have to, so much time in the day. Yeah. And if I said it's an eight-year-old, it's an eight-year-old. Well, and the <laughs> other thing is you're not just answering that one person. You're answering 20 people about that yeah. one horse. So it's, yeah. yeah. So I want to ask about questions too. I, I have worked with, I have a few friends who've been by, I'm not in the sales business at all, but um, they ask Again, they ask a lot of questions of the potential seller. And sometimes I've had to say, read the ad, watch the videos, you know, do not pepper this person with like, will the horse go in the Rio Grande? Well, you know, I mean, (laughs) specificity of their questions isn't really applicable to selling to selling the horse. Like, yeah, the horse goes in water. It's fine. You know, like, like they start to get really, they really drill down and that's the anxiety of being a buyer. You know, a lot of times they're adult amateurs and they just, you know, they don't have a lot of experience and they don't have a trainer shepherding them as Wendy said, you know, so, so there's, so there's that, but sometimes those questions just can be a little out of control. (laughs) There's a leg in back. Yeah, is that uh, Kyle in the, over there in the back? Yeah, come over here, more. come over here. More. <laughs> we have Darth Vader joining us tonight. <laughs> Your beard's hanging out the bottom. That did look funny. <laughs> um. <laughs> Sorry. So okay, so Kayla, if you had to give three rules, we'll end with this: three rules for potential buyers. What would your three rules be? Um, if you are text messaging, do not text after eight p.m. Okay, uh, and I'm being generous with eight okay. because uh, usually I'm eating dinner and I don't want to be talking to anyone <laughs> right. about horses. I don't want to think about horses until eight a.m. the next morning. Um, Read the whole ad. I assume that's number two. Read the whole ad. (laughs) Um, And I I would like to also say, like, I am all for, you know, answering all the questions, but lay them out. Don't like almost make it. um, I don't know how to put it. Like, if you have a bunch of questions, just lay them all out and send it. Don't send one. Mm. (laughs) make a list next one yeah make a list yeah it's not that hard because i'm gonna have to sit there and and answer all the questions yeah so it'd be easier for me to sit there at 5 p.m when i'm finished riding and go okay so does the horse eat alfalfa cubes i don't know i haven't fed it alfalfa cubes um but maybe you know Sure. What horse doesn't um, eat alfalfa cubes? And also, horse <laughs> questions are so stupid because that doesn't have anything to do with if you're going to buy that horse or not. <laughs> right. You know, yeah, like, if you manage that don't later. ask questions that are going to like, right. you know, that are concerning. And I think yes. what aggravates you is when people ask you stupid questions that have nothing to do with if you're going to buy the horse or not. Yeah. Or if it has a job, like you said, Emily, like, will it go in the Rio Grande? Like, that is just dumb. I don't know. I haven't taken it in the Rio Grande, <laughs> but I have taken it in a stream. Um, <laughs> and it preferred. But even that. if you hadn't, yeah. even if you hadn't, if that's what these people are buying it for, they could train it to yeah. do water. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, because like with driving horses, right? I mean, lots of people ride driving prospects and they don't know if it's going to drive or not. So I've bought lots of horses that don't drive yet. And I try to train them to drive and then they yep. either do or they don't. Yep. And then I keep it for driving or I don't, you know, I mean, there's a lot of risk involved when you buy horses. Okay. Well, and they're buy- not willing to take the risk. I bottom think. line. Here we go. This is the bottom line. Read the ad. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right, guys, we have to, we have to take- that, that, wait, wait, let me say yeah. one thing. Yeah. Remember back in the day before we had cell phones, and all your horse friends would call you at like five in the morning because yeah. they're like, oh, I have to get you before you go out to the barn. Because once you're out of the barn, you're not going to have your phone. 
Yeah. And that was totally okay. And now if my barn friends are texting me at six in the morning, I'm like, what the hell? It's six in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Leave I actually alone. may have texted Dr. Wendy at six in the morning before. <laughs> yeah, but well, that's different because you know I'm awake at six yeah, in the morning. We're, we have these long conversations so at 5 30 in the morning. <laughs> that's the only time I message Glenn because I know he's awake. And I'm right before I go to the barn. That's true. That's true. A lot of people agreed with me about the Facebook private messaging, though. They all agree. You know what? I'm always shocked when I message somebody at four in the morning because I happen to be awake and they answer at four in the morning. I'm like, oh, now then I feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) No, then it's game on. Then you're like, all right. (laughs) All right. I'm going to remove you guys and we're going to do a little bit of a commercial and uh, we will be right back after. This, if I can find it, there we go. We've had no shortage of stress this past year, and a lot of our attention has been focused on maintaining our health and immunity. Stress and illness can actually form a vicious cycle in humans and also in horses. Elevated cortisol levels caused by stressors like extreme weather, disease, diet changes, travel, and trailering can all throw your horse's health and immune function out of whack. But did you know that you can help reduce the negative impacts of stress by feeding your horse chromium every day? By lowering the levels of the stress hormone cortisol and optimizing overall energy use, feeding chromium results in improved body upkeep, health, and immunity, improving performance, and overall well-being. To ensure you're supporting your horse, don't feed just any chromium. Find your horse the only FDA-reviewed source of chromium on the market today. Chemtrace Chromium from Chemin Equine. That's Chemtrace Chromium from Chemin Equine. Ask for it by name and stress less. Learn more about Chemtrace Chromium at Chemin.com slash Chromium EQ. That's Chemin.com, K-E-M-I-N dot com slash Chromium EQ. Well, we thank Kemen for supporting us and for supporting this show. We appreciate it. I know, Kayla, I'm going to bring uh, the panelists back now. I know, Kayla, you said you met some of the Kemen people here recently. I I did. Um, I met one of the guys from Kemen um, because I actually just uh, got sponsored by Triple Crown and Triple Crown uh, consults with Kemen and they utilize uh, their product in the feed, actually. Yep. So yep. Uh, and so I was like trying to be all and he's like, oh, and I have this other company. It's called Kemen and like trying to play like maybe you don't know what it is. And I was like, <laughs> I actually know exactly who you are. <laughs> and uh, you you guys sponsor the horse radio network and i'm a host on the podcast of all of one. He was like whoa this is a lot of information all at once. it's like i'm sorry i met her yeah, i'm sorry if that was too loud for the pe- i can't tell the volume of uh going through Streamyard, so i apologize for the listeners if that blew your eardrums out um we hope it didn't uh but it also is our sound okay is anybody really loud or really quiet let us know in the comments Let's go to question number two. Dr. Wendy's bringing this one. Okay, my question is, how do you all feel about um, the acceptance of Chinese medicine for your animals uh, over the most recent years? Do you think it's gotten better, Wendy? Oh, I think it's gotten much better. Yeah. Um, I think in horses, the, we, we have accepted acupuncture for uh for for a long time and especially because we have the drug rules but in racehorses you know they were doing acupuncture routinely in the 70s um and you know body work has always been important uh but i think with the small animals um i think that was really lagging but Uh, It probably depends on where you are. You know, I'm in Sarasota and people are very open to that here. Um, But I would say in the last five years, I've seen a really big increase. And I think people are looking for kind natural solutions for themselves. And so they also want that for their pets. So, Wendy, I have a question for you. What, mm-hmm. When you say Chinese medicine, I, I'm very familiar with acupuncture. I've used it on uh-huh. myself. I've had treatments on myself and I've had treatments on my horses. Um, and 
and also body work, but what else would you put in the category of Chinese medicine? Like, well, what- Chinese medicine, there's uh, the Chinese medicine, herbal formulas, Twina, which is medical massage and food therapy. Mm-hmm. And then in people, we have a Qi Gong is also included in that, which is like mindfulness or meditation. Mm-hmm. So in the animals, what I try to do is to tell people to maybe spend more time grooming on their horses and not think about all the stuff they have going on. Let's just try to meditate while they're with their animals mm-hmm. or like with their pets to like sit with them and sit with them in their lap and not be like on their computer doing stuff like pay attention to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but also there's two different kinds of acupuncture that people are you know, can be exposed to. And one is more like medical uh, acupuncture that focuses on diagnosis uh, from a Western point of view. And then uh, there's a Chinese medicine school that is more, we diagnose by the patterns of Chinese medicine. You know, the the theory of yin and yang and the five elements. Mm -hmm. Whereas there also is a way to do acupuncture. And sometimes I do this. Uh, Sometimes it's a purely musculoskeletal thing, injury that I'm working on. And it's like, okay, they hurt here. And I'm going to do these points because they're local to these points. And is there a time when it feels more like a general undiagnosed, like undiagnosed, uh, you know, like it's not a specific Joint. Oh yeah, ain't or, doing uh, right. Are, yeah, it's just yeah. Like, something ADR, is not. I did right. a whole lecture. I did a whole lecture on ADR. In yeah. Fact. What what is ADR? Ain't doing right. Ain't doing right. <laughs> <laughs> ain't doing right. Duh. Because as best we get that, you know, and like, um, but it, it's the reason that you get people that would not normally choose acupuncture or alternative therapies, um normally they sometimes get to a place where nothing's working Mm. and then they're ready to try it because they're like desperate. Right. And so sometimes like, sometimes I have my, my vet friends refer me cases that are like, I mean, they're going to die like in a day. Right. So like, I feel like, Oh, well it would have been really nice if you sent it a little bit earlier, but now, you know, I, I can't, if I could like reverse old age and a 15 year old <laughs> lots of op, So I'd be like, you know, it, it, that'd be magic. Right. <laughs> but like, sometimes you can't do those things. So I think that sometimes if people, Chinese medicine is wellness, right. And just like what people are looking at now today, especially with COVID that really shed a light to a lot of people that instead of chasing the symptoms, um, you need to focus on your health so you can fight off injuries. Like Glenn, don't you feel like your Lyme has totally changed the way you look at medicine? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Kayla, how about you? Do you, do you you use it on your horses or anything? I was going to say like, I use it actually as a preventative. So instead of, um, and sometimes it's to treat certain things, but I use it uh, a lot on my big horse because he's just so giant and he can get really body sore. Um, and there's, again, only so many times you can go in with needles, like needles into joints. I'm not saying needles is right. acupuncture. But so how can we maintain the horse to also um, postpone having to go into their joints? And so that's when I bring in acupuncture. And I have a really great guy in Ocala that came down from Lexington. Um, and he actually teaches at the School of Chi, um, which is up, I think, by Micanopy, um, mm-hmm. uh, local to here. And he uh, he will ask me how the horse is going. And we never really talk about, I never, I'll say, oh, you know, he's really good. But, you know, He's never really had a full lead change, blah, 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 blah. Or he's a little stuck on this side. But we never go into like a ton of detail because he'll do a read um, and then he'll do regular acupuncture. And then my horse really responds to electroacupuncture Um, and to the point where he did the session one time and turned the machine off and went to like start taking the needles out and the horse reached around and he's very opinionated. He's French. Um, and he <laughs> pushed him and was like, turn it back on. <laughs> and, and so he did like another 
like 15 minutes on him. Uh, he's like, this is free of charge. Doki. I, I was afraid for my life to leave. Um, and he was just like sitting there and like totally Zen. Um, and, and I do think like I've used it on myself and what's interesting is doing it on myself is I've actually learned more about my body um, because there's certain points that like have reacted to the needles in different ways. Like a lot of the times you can't feel the needles going in. Um, and then you're like, and I've fallen asleep. There's other times that like they put them in points and literally I'm like, Oh my God, like that is killing me. And they're like, Oh, so you're a little reactive here. We need to like, you know, and, um, and then you can feel it like working its way out. Um, and then it works its way out to a certain point and then you're fine again. Um, but I, I love acupuncture and I love Chinese medicine and to, I know I'm rambling, but um, I had a client that this horse um, out of the norm just lost her ever loving mind. And she's an adult amateurs, beginner type horse. And she just got super hot, super spooky was about like dumping me. And I was like, okay, before like structurally, she seems fine, but I don't know why her, her her brain wires have gone nuts like let's have the acupuncture guy come out he does Cairo and everything else too let's get her Cairo let's get her looked at um and he read her and he, we actually put her on some herbs uh, the shen calmer i don't know if you know what well, you you would know um and she has found her zen again and um and it's interesting that you said that you, you know, doing the, the meditation a little bit is like, I found with my horses, like I'll work them really hard for 10 minutes. And then I will literally just stand in the middle of the ring and just stand, like pat them, give them a, a lot of love. And that's what we've been doing with her is working her and then just standing, petting her and just mm -hmm. kind of cruising. And I know you say to get off your phone, but like, that's the time, like I, if I'm riding her, I will like check my emails, answer the people's questions, but I do it in like, in such a right. calm way. And I'm like telling her she's super good. And then we go back out and work. Right. And she just seems a lot calmer instead of like work, 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 go, 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 go. And then yeah. done. And let me throw you back out in the field or put you back in the stall. She's, um, she's, instead found like she's starting to enjoy work again and like it i think they pick up on your attitude you know so yeah. like you know how if you have a really bad day and you rush out to the barn you're like i have to get on and i can ride this horse before it gets dark and they're yeah. always bad there's yeah. no reason to do that right it always ends in disappointment for everybody i had and a I horse that did Go that ahead. like literally knew if i was in a bad mood i could not ride the horse yeah you can't because he would buck me off I yeah. have, and they I pick the up on that. So if you can try to get yourself in a place where you relaxed yeah. and they, it's kind of like, you know, it, when you're, when you're not listening to your significant other and, you, and then they finally get sick of it. They're like, you never listen to what I say. And the horses pick up on that. You yeah. Know? I have a perfect so. example of that. So my vet came out today to do shots and teeth and stuff. And um, I have a mare who has vaccine phobia. And I have to give her oral tranquilizer before the vet even comes on the mm. property. And usually I can just walk up to her and go whoop, and squirt it in there and we're all done. But today I had a lot of work deadlines and I was really anxious. And I was like, what time is he coming? And did he text me? And I better go. And like, I was having all this anxiety and went out to the barn and she was just like, eh -eh. oh, no, no, you're not coming close <laughs> to me with that too. <laughs> Goodbye. And we fought for 15 minutes. And finally I was just yeah. like, okay, yoga breathing, just going to stand here, do my yoga breathing, let my heartbeat slow down. You know, it's okay if the vet comes and I haven't got her tranked yet. It's not a big deal. Like I just had to, I had to really go into that like yogic Zen moment and I, and then she was fine. And I just was like, yeah. well, it's the same thing, like going into the show ring. Like I, I mean, you can work yourself up and then you get into a place mentally where then you can't think and you're all, always playing catch up. You're reacting instead of instead of riding with feel. You're you're almost riding on mode and you're like, I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do this. Oh, my God. Um, where if you just literally I go through a checklist and and then I tell myself right before I walk in the ring, like I made the decision 
to do my game plan. Like this is, I made the decision. Like it's not, there's nothing else uh, that's possibly going to happen. And then I will react to things as they come as in like, okay, you know, I saw one too many to this one. Well, you know, but I made the decision to, to ride with feel instead of ride in mode and ride the seven stride line. It is a seven stride line. Well, what type of seven stride when I jump in, you know, then I have to ride with feel. Do I need to slow down? Do I need to move up? But the horses, I think also react to that. Like, I only think my horse is as good as I am when I go into the ring. If I'm like in a tizzy, then they're in a tizzy. Then we're like galloping around at Mach 10 and the horses are, are jumping as well. They're not jumping through their bodies. They're not um, as, as relaxed. I wonder what the thing was, what, what has caused the change? I think this change has happened really over the past 10 years. And I think it's because people are, are, are learning about it for themselves, right, Emily? They're, we're learning about doing this kind of stuff for ourselves, especially when it comes to supplements and, and herbs and all of that. I think so. I mean, I really do. I think it's very much that we understand the value of it for humans um, and, and it's becoming more and more mainstream. It's not so much of a, you know, I remember years and years ago, one of my first journalism jobs was with Natural Foods Merchandiser. And that that was a magazine that wrote about natural foods and organic foods and and sort of herbal supplements and all the stuff. And it was run by like a bunch of hippies and, and it was a little bit marginalized. And so, you know, and so it's become a lot more mainstream and it, and if people are using it for themselves, you know, I mean, my regular GP, when I had this sort of chronic neck problem that I couldn't get rid of, referred me to an acupuncturist. Mm -hmm. And And that wouldn't happen 20 years ago. (laughs) No, it wouldn't have. And he was like, you know, it really, I think it could really help you. And it really did help me. So, you know, so I think you're not a pariah um, anymore, Dr. Wendy. I know. But you know what I think too, <laughs> what we've really tried to do, uh, both in uh the Asian countries and in in the Western countries, is try to um use scientific based evidence of why acupuncture works and the herbal formulas. They're you know, extracts from plants, which is where we get pharmaceuticals from so right. we have more research about it whereas in the past we didn't have as much research so now we have evidence-based uh information so that's probably why your doctor was more apt to recommend acupuncture all right we got to move on so Do- dr <laughs> wendy a uh, question from one of the viewers uh how do you find a practitioner where's the best place oh, to go uh, if you go to the Chi Institute website, which is tcvm.com, uh, like traditional Chinese veterinary medicine, there's a map you can put in your uh, zip code and it'll find a TCVM practitioner near you. Yeah, that's easy. tcvm.com. Yeah. And it'll tell you whether they're equine or small animal or both. All right, I'll put that in the show notes too for anybody that's looking for that. That's uh, We'll put that in the show notes. All right. We're going to go on to our third and final question, but before we do that, we're just going to learn a little bit about uh, more about these guys. Kayla, so you are our host of the Sales and Breeding episode, which is the fourth Thursday of every month on Horses in the Morning, right? Yes. But where can people also find the the fancy, pretty horses you have for sale and stuff like that? <laughs> um, so I have a website, selkuthsporthorses.com. You better spell um, that because that's a weird I- word. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. People, my husband said I shouldn't have used it, but yeah, here we are. I'm kind of agreeing with um, your husband, too, by the way. <laughs> but it means wondrous, mysterious, and strangely weird, which is me. <laughs> um, anyways, so uh, Selkuth is S E L C O U T H sporthorses.com. Um, I have a Facebook page. My actual Facebook page, Kayla Benny, is probably where you're going to see the most information. I'm really bad about updating my other Facebook pages. But also going back towards a more natural uh, way of living. I actually started a website called Total Equihealth. Um, like Total and then EQUIHealth.com. And it's um, supplements and products that you know, for a working athlete or rider that maybe is, 
a little leaning more towards the natural side. It might not be totally natural, but like we offer flare strips and more natural supplements on the human and horse line um, and stuff like that. And it actually just launched. Um, so this is the first time anybody is hearing about it, except for my close friends. Um, Apparently, I'm not a close friend. I never even heard okay. about it. So okay, yeah. well, sh- no, you are, but you're like, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want them to blab. It dig out. a hole there, yeah. Kayla. Go no, ahead and dig it. <laughs> I needed a soft launch with like very, yeah. very close knit people, so we could iron out the details. Um, and we will still be ironing out details because you know we. We are and that is business. totalequahealth.com. Yes. Okay. And right. we have we have a promo code okay. HRN ten oh. percent off to all auditors okay. um, or listeners, I guess, because it's going to go to everyone. Ten percent uh, off. Got so, it. And I'll put links yes. to all of that in the show notes as well. Thanks, Kayla. Emily, what are you working on right now? Well, I am uh, doing a lot of different things, but for the most part, I'm. Uh, teaching. I am finally using my terminal degree. Um, after all these many years, I am developing courses for University of Guelph, Equine Guelph in Canada, which is really fun. Um, basically, I'm writing and editing class uh, curriculum. And I uh, just finished one on equine journalism, which is, of course, right in my wheelhouse because I was a magazine journalist for decades. Um, and uh, and now I'm doing one on equine event management, which is really fun. And we're developing that. That course will launch in the fall. And I'm also on the board of AHP, American Horse Publications. And I AmericanHorsePublications.com if you want to check that out. AmericanHorsePublications.com. If you're a student or an aspiring journalist or a media person who's interested in learning about the horse space and how to work in the horse space. Um, AHP is a great organization. I've been a member forever. It's actually how I know Glenn or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe it was from a trade show. I can't remember. We've known each other so long. I don't remember. I don't either. So um, anyway, so that's what I'm up to. And I'm also still doing some magazine writing and um, working on a few publications. So yeah. So that's what I'm up to. My website. Yeah, e-squareditorial.com. Actually, oh, I love e- that. E- I dash, love that. E-squareditorial.com. Just put two and two together there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. that. E-squared. And my business card, which is such an obsolete, crazy thing nowadays, because who uses a business card? I know. But they're actually square, not Rectangle. Uh, of course. Oh, fancy. Uh, yeah, hello, branding. You are in media. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll put that link in the show notes as well. And Dr. Yeah. Wendy, where, where do people find you? And, and they can actually hire you to work on the, your, their animals down yeah, in the Sarasota my, area. <laughs> my website is drwendying.com. And uh, we have lots of information about TCVM. And I have... Uh, I have a blog that has a lot of the old shows on there. And also we sell herbal formulas. Uh, so you can uh, look them over and you can, I, I talked a lot about them on the shows in the past. So there's a lot of recorded information on there. Um, DrivingRadioShow.com. Yeah. From DrivingRadioShow.com. Um, but it, it, in the descriptions of a lot of the herbs, it tells you like, um, some more information. So they're each herbal page is kind of like a little blog. Very good. All right. There's where you can find all of them. And now we're going to go to Emily who has the final topic for the night. Yes. So this topic is why is it that we can't seem to get a sort of national riding instructor (laughs) certification? Everybody's laughing (laughs) certification uh, program in place. And the reason I thought in about the United this States, quite, you mean in, in the United there States, there are some countries that actually have that. They yeah. are. Yeah. And I, I was mentioning earlier when we were chatting before the show that uh, this was, this question was sort of inspired by um, some conversations that I overheard at when I was at a little dressage schooling show this past weekend. And I heard this appalling story about how this woman had, was taking a lesson and her trainer turned a horse out in the arena while she was giving the lesson. And I was like, wait, now what? And you know, I was standing over by my trailer and I had a student, I teach a few riding lessons, not many, but um, you do just when people ask me to. And so I was like, 
I kind of had to eavesdrop because I'm a journalist. I'm like, what? what did you just say? And so then later I asked her some questions about, you know, it's like, so are you still taking lessons there? She's like, yeah, you know, she's always on her phone. And, and I was like, yeah, oh God, okay, whatever. I think you could do better. And then I heard another story about another trainer who has a lot of students and something that she was you know, teaching that I fundamentally didn't agree with and thought, okay, that's like, where is the standardization? And I am really lucky because I had great experiences as a young rider. I had, I was raised in the horse world by a Dutch couple who were, who were, you know, FEI level riders and who were really experienced and really knew a lot. And I was a working student there throughout college. And then after college, I went to work for a couple of women who were working their way up the FEI ranks in dressage and eventing. And I just, I had a really great early education, which made me a really, which makes me, I think a good teacher, a safe teacher. And I also spent a year in France um, working as a working student and so locally, I find that, you know, maybe it, it doesn't happen so much on the national people who are working on the national stage, but, but locally I find some writing instruction, just, just horrific and unsafe and not good for the horses and not good for the people. And I crave a sort of national certification. And I wonder why in this country we can't get that done. And I know there's a lot of reasons for it, but in my pie in the sky, world, I want to know if we could get that done. <laughs> so now, I'm, I'm going to throw in here, there is an organization that does certify instructors, it's just not required The CHA, which does a show does one episode a month on horses in mm -hmm. the morning, you know, for the last right. eight years. So they do do certifications, but they're not required. So again, you know, we have that yeah. problem, right? right? Well, and there's the ICP for eventing, right? Um, right. And, and everything like that. But I think, well, one, there were there's some and maybe I'm speaking out of turn, but the ICP, there were like Wendy said earlier, who's going to be the overall examiners? Because with the ICP, they basically grandfathered in a couple people. But was it really fair? Are they actually mm -hmm. good instructors? Right. Just because you can ride doesn't mean you can teach. Right. right. And I've seen that a lot is like a lot of FEI upper level people. They can't actually instruct yeah. because it's all on field. They don't know how to convey what they're feeling, but they can do it on a horse. Right. Um, but does that make them good examiners? Not really. And then what if you have somebody that comes up for the exam? That's a really top level rider, but really stinks at teaching. Then at, I mean, are you going to have the nerve to fail them? Yeah. So are you going to fail Board Martin? Yeah. <laughs> are you saying he's a bad teacher? No, actually, he's a really good. <laughs> he's instructor. He's a really good teacher. But, I've seen uh, him teach. He's a really good instructor. But I'm saying like that, like everybody knows his right. name. Right. Yeah. And we see that in dressage, you, you know, in dressage yeah. judging or yeah. And, yeah. Are you, yeah. all horse judging. Right. Yeah. yeah. When someone rides down the center line, you know, th that score is very dependent on who they are. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's also very dependent on if the judge is confident enough in their, in I their will say, own judging to give a fair score. I right. will say um, Boyd has ridden a horse that I know that was could be very uh, temperamental in the dressage. And he received a score that reflected the actual test yeah. <laughs> at hand and yeah. may have received like a two as, <laughs> as, as a result. And so I was like, you know, kudos to the judge that didn't just right. give him an automatic. Yeah. I think the judging, I think judging has gotten a lot better, at least in the dressage. I mean, I think it's a lot, the judging training program seems to be pretty mm -hmm. rigorous and pretty, right. You know, I think years and years ago it maybe wasn't, but I think now it's gotten pretty rigorous. And like, I think, I think, you know, I just, I had a, I had a test 
a few years last year on my horse and I'm just, I'm, she gave me an eight. I did not deserve an eight. That horse did not lengthen. Like, like, is she blind? You know, I mean, it's a very subjective thing, but she blinked a couple times. Yeah, the, like, <laughs> the horse went, ah. and, and she, she is a little quickie Connemara. So yeah. she could have just zipped across the ring and she didn't, she missed it. She so like, how, did, out. Eight. <laughs> how do the Germans do it so successfully? Or are they doing it successfully? Well, they're small. They're I probably mean, they're, used to regulation. Yeah. They are. You know? Well, that's part, part of it. Yeah. They love yeah. rules. Yeah. They do. yeah. And, and, you know, I think the countries are smaller, like France. You know, when I started that program, it, it's it's a small, it's a much smaller country. It has mm-hmm. fewer people. It's much more culturally. Um, it's the size uh, of a state. You know, it's you know? the size yeah. of Texas. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, it's much more culturally homogeneous in terms of riding, right? So it's not yeah. like, you know, well, it's the same as the British right exam as well, and like you have to get an exam, you have to qualify to be a groom over yeah. there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, really? You have to, I mean, you can technically go in and and yeah. there's loopholes, but if you really want to go in and you say I have this certification, you automatically are accepted to FEI barns and things like that, then your pay is better. Your lifestyle is better. Um, there's a, a lot of certification and there's five steps to becoming a groom. So, you know, to, and I think it's the same as the instructors uh, mm-hmm. there. So why, why are we not doing that here? Well, I think part of it too, is, especially with horses here, you you get a horse. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know anything about what you're doing. And you just go to somebody who said, go to this person down the road. And you don't know any better. You don't know that there's a certified horsemanship association. You don't know what to look for. You don't even right. know to ask if there is a but certification. But they can Google everything else. How yeah, come they, they can Google everything else <laughs> except for that? But they don't even know. And I think there's also no, like, with the exception of CHA, there's no clearinghouse. And, and like, USEA yeah. has the ICP lists, yeah. you yeah. know, that 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 um that they post but but if you're a beginner rider you don't, you don't know, know what USEA is you don't know what CHA is you don't know any of those things so and, you and we are so diverse neighbor guy who's like yeah I'll uh, teach you how to ride yeah and, <laughs> here's you know, some five inch rail spurs jump on that guy <laughs> and I was referred by Sally and I like Sally so she must know what she's talking about right and you, right and that's I and I don't know how you write first of all let's be honest we're in a country where if we did regulate it, people would still teach anyway. And it, <laughs> who's yeah. gonna who's gonna stop them, right? So yeah, there's so many examples of that, and I, you know, it's a pipe dream of mine that that there's better instruction for, especially for, um, for kind of adult amateurs coming into the sport after you know, women of a certain age. I think, I think that's a real gap, and I think there's a lot of Kids are resilient, you know, and there's a lot of good, they bounce and there's a lot of good, um, good instructors for kids who know how to interact with kids. But I think for older adults, I think it's hard for them because they're, you know, they, they're being, a lot of times they're being taught by people who are 25 years younger than them. Yeah. Right. So, so there's like, yeah, you know, you don't move as well when you're 50 as you did when you were 35. So, I mean, I think. I don't know. There's that's a lot and of yeah, things. That's the one idea, but that's um, the largest growing segment of uh, the horse world is that uh, that forty year old woman yeah. who's coming in after the kids are out. You know, yep, yeah, middle aged women. Yeah, yeah that's I, it. And was our listeners the majority of our listeners for a very long time? Um, yeah. So you know, somebody's talking here about driving. But Wendy and I know a little bit about that. Um, they said, "Don't even look at the commercial driving world. That is one that should be regulated." Oh, yeah. Because they are hauling people, they should have they should have as much regulation as taxis and buses and everything else. Because they yeah. are responsible for hauling people. You know, a bus driver well, has the, to be the, has to be licensed, right? Right. Um, in the Carriage Association of America, they have a great program that's based on the British uh, certification. Um, but like people say that they say, "Well, why should I pay money to get certified when I don't have to? Don't have like, to. what's the point?" Right. You know, and we say, oh, it's like it's like for for your own like benefit so that you can there's no value to the certification for for a lot of people. And I always explain it. It's like adult pony club. So we all have holes in our basics, you know, with anything with 
driving, riding, cooking, you know, whatever. So, so if you go through a little program, then you can see where you have some holes and you can do something about it. I I love the idea of adult pony club and I've been trying to get that um, started. Well, uh, pony club, Pony Club has they have a program adult. now. Yeah. 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 yeah I've been oh, trying to do. get our local club to do adult yeah. pony club here. Again, I don't know how these adults. So Yeah, I don't you know. know how many I don't know. I don't think it's taken off like they hoped it would years ago. Um no, because okay. Maybe it's because I'm younger, but like and I've seen because I've been in Pony Club and I've also wanted my adult amateur ladies to also have a pony club, but are you going to do the same certifications as a 12 year old and like go to the same ratings and stuff like that? Like, like even just not even taking like pony club. I had a woman that went and did a cross rail class the other day and she's like, I won against a five year old, Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I think I made him cry. <laughs> like, I was like, you 1000% made him cry. Um, but you're going to take that blue ribbon. And you're going to be really proud about it. <laughs> well, they can split it up by age. <laughs> I, I have a friend here. He's a, he's a middle-aged man and he's into, he was into hunter jumpers and he had that, he had that experience. He said, yeah, I went to the local show and I won against a bunch of 12 year old girls. Yeah. <laughs> you got to start somewhere. I mean, he, yeah. he was psyched. All right. We're never going to solve this one tonight. I can tell you that, but it was a good, it is a good thing to talk. We've talked about it for years. I don't, I don't know that it's going to change much. I, I, not in this country. I don't see it happening. Well, and I just saw a comment actually that said like the insurance companies can actually demand certification, but they don't. And I do think like, I mean, I talk a lot with my insurance agent about like uh, all Okay, the- wait a minute. I'm going to stop you there, being an old insurance guy. Um, first of all, 90% of these barns in America are not insured. So that's not going to work. That is, okay, that's fair. I just, I'm afraid of someone suing me, so I have my insurance. Just in Where case. Emily lives, they ain't insured. Yeah. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I am, but <laughs> that's true. You know, and they say hit the trainers, carriage companies with higher insurance rates again. <laughs> they have to have insurance in the first place for that to work. Right. Yeah, I hate to yeah. be a pessimist, but I'm just saying like it is. It's yeah. 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 Well, well, thank you for the great uh conversation tonight. Thank you all for joining me. I really do appreciate it. We hope that everybody at home had fun listening along. If you missed any part of this and you're still here live we can uh you can listen to the rest of it we're putting the audio out on the stable scoop podcast feed tomorrow stable scoop was actually the first show that we had on the horse radio network we started in 2008 uh so and i host horses in the morning join us every morning five days a week uh we're we're with you just look at the horses in the morning feed we're coming up on episode 3000 Oh, my God. I can't believe that. Yeah, we're going to be going out. It's going to be in August, and uh, Jennifer and I are going to go out to Jamie's, my co-host, and we're going to hopefully do the episode 3000 with her uh, out there. Matter of fact, we have one of the uh, TV networks for the horse world that wants to film it. So hopefully we'll do that. It's a pretty big deal. As far as we can tell, there's only been two or three other podcasts in the world that have hit episode 3000. So we're we're in a pretty rare company, and we think that they were corporate ones like ABC and NPR. So mm. we're pretty proud of the fact that we've uh, stuck with it for twelve years and three thousand episodes. <laughs> it's kind of crazy <laughs> well, to think about. You're and, you're the voice on our long road trips to eventing. <laughs> <laughs> well, God bless time, you. I hope you stay away. We listened to four episodes in a row last time. We came home from Tucson. <laughs> Well, we like to keep people company, and we hope we're we're silly enough to keep you awake. So, there's that. Kayla can be heard. You're she's with us the fourth Thursday of every month, talking about sales and breeding. Uh, if you want to catch the past episodes of the Driving Radio Show, that's still out there. Drivingradioshow.com. We had eight <laughs> years worth, so there's a lot of them. Uh, and uh, all three thousand episodes are at horsesinthemorning.com. So, Chad Jennifer said. Uh, you're going to make uh, Chatty Crow, Jamie, my co-host's uh, husband, when we first started eight, 12 years ago. The first thing he said is, what are you going to talk about after a couple of weeks of doing a daily <laughs> podcast? So here we are. 
We think we've interviewed the horse person that what are they going to talk about? Because we can tell the same stories over and over again about our favorite horses and and they never get boring to us. My husband says the same thing. He's like, I hate going to dinners with you guys. All you talk about is horses. And I'm like, well, that's all we know. (laughs) We think we've interviewed just about 6,000 guests. So, I mean, when you think about that, it's kind of crazy. We've given away over $70,000 worth of prizes on that show. So we're probably up there as as far as one of the uh, podcasts that's given away the most uh, prizes, too, over the years. So we're pretty proud of what we've done here at the Horse Radio Network. If you haven't listened to any of these shows, go to horseradionetwork.com. We have 21 shows now. So head on over there (laughs) and take your pick, whatever you want. We got something to cover almost everything. And Emily, I can't, you know, you mentioned dressage a lot tonight. Super. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you mentioned dressage a lot tonight. We have the longest running dressage show too with Reese and Philip. The dressage radio show is the official show uh, of the United States Dressage Federation. So head on over. It's very that's a highly educational show. If you're really into yeah, dressage and want to learn show. about dressage, that's the show for you guys. Uh, if you just want silly and want to goof off, then horses in the morning because you're probably not going <laughs> to learn anything. So. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. We really appreciate you being with us. Thank you all. Take care, everybody. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. Adios. We're out. Did I accidentally (laughs) boot you off, Emily, or did you just drop? I don't know. I think I dropped. I'm not really sure. My internet's been a little unstable lately, so I could have just dropped. You came right back, though. I was surprised how quickly you came back. Oh, really? I, I felt like I was gone forever. No, we didn't even know. I didn't even have time to acknowledge you were gone. So, Oh, oh yeah. really? Yeah. yeah I, I just no, brought you back you in. You literally just swapped with Wendy. It went yeah. whoop, and then yeah. you went boop. <laughs> oh, really? Like, Wendy moved like over. She was, it was like she was like, move over, Wendy. I'm coming in. <laughs> Get out of my way. Yeah, you no, three was, were great together. You're a good group together, that actually. That was fun. Yeah. That was fun. Was really I, fun. I, miss, I miss the shows. I'm just yeah. doing the show. Yeah, you know, I, I I'm finally healthy enough. The I two days ago I said to Jennifer, "Wow, I woke up this morning and my arm doesn't hurt as much," and that was the first time oh, in in good. a month. You know, so the pain was just pretty bad. And, and you know, the drugs I was taking wasn't conducive to doing live video. (laughs) It was was not good. It's been almost three months now and the doctor bills. Oh, my God. Our deductible must be higher this year because we are paying out a lot more money out of pocket than we did last year. So that's fun. But uh, hopefully the clot maybe is breaking up. I don't know. It's just not as painful as it was. So, that's good. So mm. that's good. And it's not swelled up anymore like a balloon. That's terrible. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that's uh, good. Um, yeah. Hopefully it's all, hopefully cancer's done. Knock on wood that blood clots are done. I can get back to normal. Uh, <laughs> so. Aging, it sucks. I just, I just have to point that out. Yes. Enjoy it. Enjoy it while you can. <laughs> now, on the other hand, I had lunch today with one of my podcasting buddies, Lee, who I think Wendy might have met Lee, who has been 10 years uh, fighting cancer. He was supposed to, You've talked about him on yes. the show before. Yeah. He's yeah. been on the show before, and he's still yeah. fighting and still there after That's 10 great. years. So, that is great. That's super. You know, yeah. he's still doing chemo, and, you know, it hasn't been easy, but he's still alive, and he was supposed to die seven years ago. Uh, and yet yeah. I had another friend, podcasting friend who was the first guy to buy a ticket for PodFest every year. And he was, he got his cancer diagnosed the same time I did two years ago. And he had leukemia and it's really battled to chemo and all kinds of different stuff for leukemia. And then gets COVID, gets pneumonia and dies four weeks later. After oh two God. year Aww. battle with cancer, he he dies of, of, of pneumonia. It's just sometimes life's not fair. It's like, it really, it really yeah. isn't. It really isn't. I felt oh, ba- I felt so bad just because he had fought so hard, you know, and yeah, and, yeah. and then have that happen. It's just, yeah, just mm. weird. So anyway, uh, I'm gonna go. Thanks, Glenn. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Appreciate so, it. Am I gonna? I'll see you in Lexington. I'm gonna be in yes. your and your. Improv class. You better because you'll be the only one. <laughs> it's a whole bunch of introverts. I'm trying to do an improv class with a whole bunch of writers who are introverts. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. You're going to be the only one there, Emily. It'll be I you and be. Lisa Wysocki. <laughs> Lisa. That would be amazing. Jennifer I, Paulson, probably. She's yeah. Into it. 
maybe. So, we got to get a few people. Now, I do have actually coming. She lives in Lexington now. She's in that chart right there, right there in the oh. white. Uh, she's one of my uh, old performers that worked with us 30 years ago. She's coming over to help. Oh, good. Uh, because I needed somebody that I could really rely on that I knew really well. Yeah. And yeah. so she's actually coming over to help. The first time we worked together in 30 years. Good. Um, and we did oh, probably so hundreds of shows together. So Yeah. That that idea, Glenn had that idea the last time I was on Stable Scoop, Scoop because we were talking about it. And I was like, that workshop that Larry Joe Starkey did about like the creativity thing where we all drew on the butcher paper with the crayons, like it was the best <laughs> thing. And I was like, we need to do more of that at this conference. Like, I don't want to listen to Ryan Dorn talk about sales. Like yeah, <laughs> no right. offense to Ryan. Well, but- <laughs> I mean, some of them are pretty dry. They're they pretty are. dry. <laughs> like, well, and I'm, I'm getting up there now and this is my what 19 millionth conference. So I'm like, yeah, I don't really need, uh, I'm not really working in the magazine business anymore. <laughs> so, yeah. so I'm going to do improv. Well, with <laughs> interesting is we did this same almost the same class i'm going to do here at podfest last year with the podcasters and yeah we must have had it was standing room only the room was packed and we must have had three four hundred in the room and it was just packed and it was one of the most wow. popular sessions of the whole thing so we're doing it again this year we're actually doing a couple of them again coming up and that's a week after hp i'm going to be doing that so oh, cool. so that'll be a lot of fun i loved teaching that class because it's it's so much it's funny and entertaining and That was my favorite class. Like when we did drama and we did all the improv, like the improv part of it was my favorite part. Not like the, the, scripted stuff and, and all of that stuff, but like the, the improv. Cause you're like me, you can't memorize lines. No, I cannot. (laughs) Which is why we do improv. (laughs) It wasn't because we chose it. It chose us. (laughs) Well, well as you get older, that's even more true. Yeah. Like, I can't even remember my own name after that. <laughs> People, someone asked me my age the other day, and I was like, uh, uh, yeah, I don't you know. wait till you get this. <laughs> I'm going to be 60 in two weeks. Oh, I'm right. 60. I don't believe it. I'm 60. right behind you. Yeah. It's hard to believe. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, and you feel you feel like you're 25. Well, it's, last I've couple been, of years I've felt 60, but I'm hoping that changes back to 25. <laughs> I, I, you know, I look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, who the hell is that? Like, <laughs> who is that person? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. But yeah, yeah. 60. Oh. All right, yeah. guys. Now yeah. I really am going. We'll see you. Okay. Bye. 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 Adios. Bye. Bye.